Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. What a wild day. We only got one game today, but boy, did it give us so much to talk about. Round one is complete. The Sunday game was wild. This episode is going to be a lot of fun. Top five most impactful hitters and pitchers from round one and a full look at what's to come in the playoffs. This one's going to be fun. Let's get to it. What is up, everybody? Today, today was a wild one. Um, Alex, I, I didn't expect to be talking about shoes and ears all in the same round of the playoffs, but here we are. We're talking about the, the ear game, if you will. That was wild. Yeah. But also, like, what an incredible outing by Joe Musgrove. Like, he was incredible. Incredible. Like, yeah. he showed up, did exactly what he needed to do, and was beautiful. The Mets blew it. We'll just throw it that way. It was brutal, and the Mets just wet the bed. I'm so disappointed in the Mets. I'm so disappointed. I, I believed in them Same. this year. And I th- to win 101 games and to just have – you had an epic collapse, and you end up in the playoffs, but you blew it. You needed to win one of three games against the Atlanta Braves to avoid this round – all time, you never even had to be here in the first place, and then you lose in the wild card round. You win 101 games, and you still found a way to met. It was truly unbelievable. Ben, they are the first 100-win team to not make it to the DS since the DS was implemented in 1995. Not good. Not good. The, the moment they lost that series to the Braves, it's like they gave up. They just gave up on their season. They never recovered from that. You mentioned how good um, Joe Musgrove was tonight. Yeah. But historically good. First pitcher in the history of baseball to go seven or more innings and give up one hit or fewer in a winner-take-all game. Remarkable. I mean, truly, truly an unbelievable outing. And in that moment, when you have the umps coming up, check in your ears for a substance when you are having the most dominant probably with the most dominant performance of his career, the most important performance. Does that give you extra motivation? Because he just kind of came yes. out and was like, 
Boom. Yes, absolutely. Take that. Take that, Mets fans. He was getting booed as he was walking to the dugout. He was, yeah. bring it on. Like, that That was the turning point. It's That's just, when you knew. Yeah, that was one of those situations. And just to, to paint the picture here for if you didn't see it when it was happening, Joe Musgrove was pitching masterfully. And there was this – it actually started on Twitter, but on social media. Yeah. Social media throughout the game started going a little nuts with, oh, my God, there's this shiny substance on Joe Musgrove's ear. What is it? Oh, my God, what could it be? Well, later in the game, Buck Showalter goes out and tells the umpires to go check Joe Musgrove. So the umpires go out to the mound. They take his hat. <laughs> they take his glove. And we all know what this is about because it's been all over social media. But you're just sitting there waiting. I was literally sitting there saying, here it comes. They're going to touch his ears. They're going for the ears. And they did. He got a um, – we actually talked about this last night. The yeah. Buck Showalter grab of Jacob deGrom's butt. That was a little strange. A little strange. little weird sensual Turning moment. Point. Another one here tonight. A little weird sensual rubbing of the ears is what it was. And he didn't like it one bit. I mean, they were red, they were shiny, but it's cold, right? Your ears turn, like, red and shiny when you're cold. Your nose turns red and shiny when you're cold. Well, also, fun fact, and McCutcheon talked about this as well, but when I was – one of the years I was playing professionally, I played in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which the season starts in end of March, early April. It is frigid up there. So a lot of times we'd go up in the beginning of that year on the games that were really cold – Guys would cover themselves in Vaseline, which is a thing. It closes your pores, so you don't you don't get as cold. It's like a it's like a, a eating tool. It's like a coat on top of your body, huh. really. So a lot of guys would do that. So I don't know if this was that sort of situation, but Andrew McCutcheon tweeted about this as well. He said, "Here we go. I guarantee Musgrove has red hot on his ears. Pitchers use it as a mechanism to stay locked in during games. It burns like crazy, and I don't know why some guys think it helps." But in no way is it sticky. Buck is smart, though. Could be trying to just throw him off. So here's what I – it's definitely a gamesmanship thing. Mm-hmm. But this is a situation where you better be right. If you, Sure, it can be gamesmanship, but you better be right if you're going to have something like this happen. You can't be wrong and have umpires out there in a playoff game checking a guy's ears. It's just a, a wild situation. So I'm curious now because we saw the Padres kind of like – stopping and pausing Chris uh, Bassett during the beginning of the game, taking time out, kind of throwing him off yeah. of his game a little bit. And it was not just once. It, it, it became consistent to the point where you're like, okay, it's getting, you know, it's getting a bit much. Was this kind of his let me try to throw your guy off? Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe he should have checked his own bat rack for holes in the bats rather than checking Joe Musgrove's ears for sticky substances. (laughs) I mean, it was ridiculous. Zero runs. They end up getting blown out. Game ends. Padres advance. Six to nothing. Um, You had the ear check. You had this game just continuing the legend that is Trent Grisham, by the way. Yeah. He didn't have a good year. By any means. He was a player that they were kind of hoping could be good, but then he didn't have a good year at all. But his September and October, leading into the playoffs, September and October, he hit 107 in over a month. 107 with six hits in the entire month. One double and one home run. And in the playoffs, 2022, three games, 500 Four hits, two home runs, four RBIs, four runs scored, an OPS of 
over 1,800. Stars are born in the playoffs. Like That's where good players can become great, where average players can take it to the next level. And where it's, below average players can become superstars. Or someone comes out of nowhere. Yeah. You didn't even know. Didn't even expect it. Like, yeah. he is the hero. He is the Padres hero of this wild card series. He's had, he, and we were talking about this a little. He's had one moment that people, the moment he hit a home run off Clayton Kershaw and it was a big career moment. But other than that, this year down, you just don't, he's hitting eight, nine in the lineup and he's mm-hmm. not going to be the guy. I'm watching this game early in the game and Chris Bassett was scared to pitch to him. Yeah. He's pitching around him. He's tinkering like he's facing Barry Bonds. It was wild. <laughs> Bassett never found his group. No, it was he bad. he couldn't hear the pitch, the location, what pitch they want. You could literally he see, hear read his com- yeah. read his lips like what pitch. He was so off. He did not get locked in for one moment in this game, and it's a home game, and he can't figure out what's going on. Like he mentally did not <laughs> feel like he was in the game from the first inning. I don't know if that. You know, thinking out loud here, I don't know if it being a home game was like hearing his quotes that he said over the last couple of days just kind of made me think like he came out and said in an interview that playing in New York is like the gauntlet, like it's the hardest place in the world to play, which I understand what he's saying. But you're a hometown, you're a home player now. Like they're on your side. As long as you go out and perform, New York can be tough. And if you don't pitch well, they hold you accountable. Oh, yeah. But they're also your best friend if you do do well. So for him to have this big start and the quote going wild the day before of it's the hardest place to play, like, I, I, I don't know. I just don't know if it's, I don't want to say his mindset just wasn't in the right place, but he, he came out and was not good. He was throwing balls right down the middle. He looked like he was getting hit around, and then when he wasn't, he was getting too cute, throwing a lot of balls. Like he walked Hassan Kim, and like he was walking guys at the bottom of the lineup, and then they'd get a big hit later. I I don't know. I just, from the beginning of the game, those two runs scored. Austin Nola uh, with those two big, that big RBI, two RBI hit. It felt right then like the game was over. Done. And it was. Like from the start. Like I said, like, Bassett never mentally showed up to this game. Yeah. Not for a moment. Yeah. It was tough. Um, They brought in Edwin Diaz in like the seventh or eighth. They were down four runs at the time, and they his entrance song came on. Not the same feel. No. Padres fans were dancing in the stands. I know. That was tough. Yeah. That was that was tough. Anthony Decomo, who friend of the pod, by the way tweeted an awkward subdued rendition of narco plays as Edwin Diaz enters to try to hold things at a four-run deficit. Some fans are waving rally towels. Others are sitting silently. Padres four, Mets zero, top eight. They should have gone with the shoe on top of their head. It's not his stage. That's that's not his time to come out and that's shine. That's not his time. And that's not the time that you you want that song to shine. It's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 yeah, it was just all weird. It was just a weird game. The Mets royally blew it royally blew it tonight they they blew it tonight they blew this they blew the season they needed to win one game against the Atlanta Braves to win the division to not have to play in the first round to have a bye to set up your rotation however you want and they didn't do it they blew it yes it all came down to this game tonight but what an what an epic collapse is what it was um it was a collapse but can we say congratulations 
to the San Diego Padres. Absolutely. Because they, they showed up and they deserve to win this series hands down. And I just, the, yeah. Especially with the the midseason acquisition of Soto. This is what they got him for. Yeah. This is the moment the next series now facing the Dodgers, their big brothers they've been looking up to all season, all the time. This is what this is this is the moment they've been waiting for. This is the and and you're right. The the acquisitions that they made made a huge impact throughout the series. Obviously, Soto hit well in, in the game uh, tonight, but Josh Bell earlier in the yeah. series with a home run got got things going really. Uh, so this this Padres team, though under the radar on a lot of people's maps, has clearly if if this is the Joe Musgrove we're going to get if we're getting first half of the season Joe Musgrove and first start in the playoffs Joe Musgrove then you have you Darvish Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove and a lineup with Josh Bell Juan Soto Manny Machado it's yes. like wait a second pump the brakes yeah. this team is real yeah this team can do some damage so secretly look, dangerous th- this team that's heading in to play the Dodgers it's not the same team that they've faced all year long it's not the team that they've swept out of the stadium all these times we have producer trip on this show who's the most delusional Dodgers fan of all time hey. he's pumped up. Well, he's, he is <laughs> we're gonna have okay, trip on okay, okay. we're gonna have trip on this show going <laughs> we need a we need a segment with trip to talk about his his Dodgers love but the second he hears and I think this is a state this is what Dodgers fans are thinking yes it's the Padres we always handle them well this is going to be an easy matchup no. they they might sweep them but it's not gonna. It's not a cakewalk. This team is real, and it's legit. And congratulations to the San Diego Padres for defeating the Mets in Queens, one of the best teams in baseball all year long, and they got it done. Impressive. Very impressive. So um, that game brings an end to the first round of the playoffs. But um, before we shut our shut the book here yeah. on the first round of the playoffs, let's uh let's do some top five. Ooh, lists. okay. Why don't we? Yeah. I believe I'm going over yep, we're here. Moving. All right, we're gonna walk on over to the board, and it is, you know, I love me some top five lists, Alex. So, what I want to do is top five most impactful hitters from the first round. All right. Okay. So we'll do that, and then naturally. All right. We need to do pitchers as well. Yeah, so we're starting with hitters. So who do you have at number five? All right, top five most impactful hitters from the wild card round. At number five, I'm going Bryce Harper. Um, For me, this was big. It was the home run that he hit in the clinching game. And game two hits a home run. That momentum they had from game one where they scored all those runs late in the game, Bryce Harper kind of got things going in that next game, hit a home run. That's what Bryce Harper does best, and that's really all they needed. That was the only run they ended up needing. Uh, Cardinals didn't score. Bryce Harper hits that homer. Bryce Harper was not good down the stretch, but big players arise in big opportunities. He and was Bryce Harper. the MVP Bryce Harper that they needed. Exactly. And Who you got it. at number four? At number four, my number four most impactful hitter, a Eugenio Suarez friend of mine teammate of mine for years in the Detroit Tigers organization and now he moves on to the Mariners where this team is just so much fun he hit 444 with two doubles three runs when you think Suarez you don't think high average guy but he hit for a high average he drove balls into the gap Uh, he played good in the infield he had a great series Mm -hmm. Mariners 
swept the Blue Jays on the road. Suarez was a big part of that, so he was number four most impactful. All right, who you got at number three? Number three most impactful hitter in the first round, Oscar Gonzalez walks out to the SpongeBob theme song. I love it so much. Game goes into the 15th (laughs) inning, zero to zero. Who's going to step up? Oscar Gonzalez steps up. Walk off, home run to win the first playoff series for the Cleveland Guardians, new name, first playoff series they ever play, first win. He had 333. He had that big home run, three hits on the series. But look, this is about that homer. And he's walked out all year long to the SpongeBob theme song. So good. And he says, because baseball is fun. It is. We're out here having fun. It's a kid's game. He walks up to that. It's that homer. And it's a kid's team. They are the youngest team in baseball. Yep. 17 guys making their major league debut this season. It, he, him being one of them, so impressive. Yep. Who you got at number two? All right, number two, most impactful hitter in the playoffs, Cal Raleigh. Ooh, yeah. Big dumper. Unbelievable. <laughs> what a great series. And it start. you know, this started the their clinching game yep. in the regular season. Yep. The walk-off home run ending the playoff drought. Then they get to the playoffs. They have the worst draw. And in the preview, it looked like they had the worst draw. It looked like the five seed was the worst seed you could possibly get. You'd rather be the six and go play the Guardians, so it seemed, Mm. over the five and have to go to Toronto and not get a home game. They got that five seed. It didn't look great for them, but they showed up. And Cal Raleigh showed up, hit a home run in his first post his first career postseason game, homer, first at bat, unbelievable. And then the clinching game that they came back from eight to one, they finally come back, they claw back into it. He hits that double late in the game, scores that run. Cal Raleigh hit 500 with a homer and two RBIs. He was magnificent. And for a while, yeah. I was thinking Cal Raleigh is going to be my number one. He would have been if not for this last series. So who, hmm, I wonder, is your number one? My number one most impactful hitter from round one of the playoffs, Trent Grisham. Has to be. (laughs) Two homers, three RBIs, five runs, four hits, hit 500. Trent Grisham in the month of September through the rest of the season. So September, first couple of days of October, hit 106. 106 with four hits. He had four hits in these three games. Two of them were home runs. He was magnificent. He was the best player of all time. He was the best player on that field that series. He takes everybody he faced. He faces Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, takes them both deep, plays a great center field, might I add. Had a huge play. Mets finally got somebody on base that game. Hard hit into the gap and on the Sunday game. He makes a huge play on center, ending any and all momentum. But this is about what he did at the plate. He looked like Barry Bonds at the plate. Pitchers were scared to pitch to him. They were pitching around him, and when they weren't pitching around him, he was hitting something hard somewhere. So Trent Grisham rounds out my list of top five most impactful hitters from the first round. Bryce Harper, Eugenio Suarez, Oscar Gonzalez, Cal Raleigh, and Trent Grisham. The heroes at the the heroes at the plate of the wild card series. It's got a weird ring to it. Okay. Well, let's switch now <laughs> to the pitchers. All right. All right. We're going to go through your top five most impactful pitchers. All right. Who do you have at number five? I love this list because there was some great pitching yeah. in the first round of the playoffs. And number five on my list, 
Tristan McKenzie, the young stud making his first playoff appearances. CeCe Sabathia was in the crowd watching him. He's a huge fan of his. CeCe went to watch him pitch six innings, eight strikeouts, zero runs, and only two hits in the series-clinching game. Tristan McKenzie is one of the bright young stars on the mound in the game of baseball, and we haven't been paying a lot of attention to him. Uh, But this outing, I think, should put him on more people's mats. He is an absolute stud. Definitely. All right, who you got at number four? Number four, most impactful pitchers from the first round. I have Zach Wheeler. Wheeler was unbelievable uh, in that first round against the Cardinals. The one-two punch that they have there is really good. Zach Wheeler starts it off six and a third, four strikeouts, zero runs, and only two hits. Zach Wheeler, if we if we want to go back a little bit, got himself in contention for the Cy Young Award last year, and there's an argument that he very he could have won the Cy Young Award last year. It was very close uh, with him and, and Corbin Burns having fantastic years, but this guy is a certified ace. He has unbelievably nasty stuff and it was on display there in a series that not many people were giving them much of a chance to win zach wheeler went out in game one and shut them down oh they did i i definitely had the cardinals winning that series yeah you did too yeah i think a rod did too yeah a a good chunk of people at fox had had cards so yeah he said he definitely set the table yeah who you got at number three number three his teammate the one two punch there you go aaron Nola. And I said this in yesterday's show. Uh The one-two punch of Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola is the most underrated one-two punch in the game of baseball. Okay. That's how good they are, and they showed it again. Aaron Nola was fantastic. Went six and two-thirds, six strikeouts, zero earned runs, got the win. He was he was dominant, and by the way, the first pitcher since 1884 Whoa. to have 230 more strikeouts and 30 or less walks on a season. Did you say 18? 1884. 1884. Okay, I was making sure I heard that right. That's a long time. It's a really long time. You might not remember it very well because no. we were just, mm, we were thoughts. really young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even thoughts. But unbelievable one-two wow. punch. He comes in at number three. Yeah. All right. Who you got at number two? Number two, Luis Castillo. This is the reason the Mariners brought him over. This is the reason. You know what? I hope more people wake up and look at what is happening right now with the Seattle Mariners and say, when we have a chance, let's just go for it. Because there was a clear best pitcher on the market, and his name was Luis Castillo. And the Mariners said, you know what? We might be just scratching the surface of, of us being a good organization that's going to win and be in the playoffs for a while. But we believe we could do some damage this year. Let's go get that best pitcher. And this was the reason why. He goes out, first playoff game for your team in 21 years, and goes into the eighth inning, throws seven and a third, five strikeouts, zero earned runs, gets the win. He was lights out dominant. I hope more people wake up and say, we should, we should probably go all in for that guy. The Yankees were in contention for him. What did the Yankees go do? They went and got Frankie Montas. Who would you rather have, Luis Castillo or Frankie Montas? 
Castillo. Make the moves when your team is good enough and ready to win, and we saw it pay dividends in a very tough place to win baseball games. That crowd was wild, and Luis Castillo went out and did what he was supposed to do for this team, went out and won that big game. Yeah, you got to imagine teams were watching that game, kicking themselves that they didn't give him a shot or give more up or try to go after him harder than Seattle did. Right. All right. Yep. Ben, who do you got number one? Number one, we saw it here tonight, Alex. It was a performance for the ages. Joe Musgrove, first pitcher in history in a win-or-go-home game to throw seven or more innings and give up one hit or less. He went seven innings, five strikeouts, one hit, zero earned runs. In a tough environment, fans were going crazy. People were touching his ears. It got really weird, but he persevered. He pushed through it. Not only did they come out and touch his ears, he used that to motivate himself even more because he strikes out that next batter. He does some hand gestures to the dugout, to the crowd. He yells some expletives at the crowd as he's walking off. It was beautiful. beautiful. They pumped him up. You went about it wrong. You checked his ears, and it was clear and he shoved it down your throats. Unbelievable. Number one on my list. Huge fan. Now, I don't know if you can see, he has a tattoo right here. Mm-hmm. That's favorite, his favorite band, Pepper. It's my husband's band. They happen to be playing Whoa. in Vegas right while he was pitching. So I don't know if there was like a little good luck voodoo going back and forth with him. And Fun fact. Voodoo there yeah. and friend of the pod, which you know, the, the yes. flipping bats friend of the pod yeah. luck has been remarkable since this show started last year and i i got i've gotten to know joe well as well in our turn our time playing in the minor leagues together and then um just his time playing and he's such a good guy so for this to happen and uh he's number one on my list what an outing easy easy number one right there what he did tonight to knock the mets out in new york was just yeah it was, Jeff's kiss. This it was list beautiful. is great. Tristan McKenzie, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Luis Castillo, and Joe Musgrove, the top five most impactful pitchers from the wild card round. So, <sighs> wild card round is done. Let's, okay. uh, you all know, right, let's, all right, all right. Let's take a gander at, no. the, at the updated. We don't bracket. need to do that. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, would you say the updated bracket? Updated bracket. Okay. Yeah, not, not the, the not the bracket. not the flipping bat. Okay, I was like, we don't need to do that one. Draft. No, no, no. Okay, we'll get good. to that. We'll get to that. No, uh, updated bracket time. Okay. So San Diego Padres advance over the Mets, which means it will be the San Diego Padres and the new and the and the Los Angeles Dodgers Woo! in the NLDS. So the NLDS matchups, Padres and the Dodgers and Phillies and the Braves. So that's what we have on the National League side of things. On the American League side, we have the Guardians and the Yankees and the Astros and the Mariners. Just as we all suspected, right, Alex? (laughs) I... Every single one of those wild card picks I got wrong. I think you got wrong. Yeah. A-Rod got wrong. At least we're not alone. I, I, most people, I think, got that wrong. You know, I, I will say, I will say this: um, I'm not a fortune teller, and if you ever need 
your fortune to be told, <laughs> do not come to me. Or, or take the opposite advice. Or come to me yeah. and take the opposite advice, yes. Yeah. But do not take the opposite of my advice because last year's bracket, we know it didn't go great and I didn't get a win. But this year, no, 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 my friends, this year <laughs> will be different. The wins are coming in round two. I believe, I, I believe. I believe in that and I believe in the teams that are going to advance. Let's start, Alex, with, with the first series here. Okay. And uh, we'll go Padres Dodgers. Yeah. First up, okay. because this is a this is going to be a NL West clash in yeah. the NLDS. Padres Dodgers. So for each series that we want to go through, yeah. Um, let's do X team will win if what is okay. but what do what do the teams need to do to win? So let's okay. start Padres Dodgers, and I'll, I'll ask you first. Okay. Alex, the Padres will beat the Dodgers if. If they use the momentum from this wild card series, because they got it. They figured it out. They got the it factor. Their pitchers showed up. They were hitting well. Juan Soto also needs to show up. This is the moment that they got him for, to be able to compete and beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. And now they have that moment. We heard um, Machado after the game saying, this is the matchup they've been waiting for, and this yeah. is the one that they want. They're going to come fired up. As um, an L.A. native and Dodger fan here, I don't think it's going to be as easy walk in the park because they have everything to prove. They have nothing to lose, and the Dodgers have everything to lose. Yeah. So they just they just got to carry this momentum into it. I like it. Mine, the Padres will win if Trent Grisham remains the greatest hitter of all time. <laughs> what a performance we saw in round one. And, you know, that obviously is a bit of a joke, the greatest hitter of all time. But that series, he was so good. And what he does lengthening that lineup is yeah. what's so important. Because you know how good the front of the Padres lineup can be with Soto, with Josh Bell, with Manny Machado. That's obviously the danger zone that you can't let beat you. But when you get down to the bottom of the lineup, to the 8-9 spot in the lineup, and you have a guy as hot as Trent Grisham there, well, that that makes the lineup a lot deeper than it originally seems. And a deep lineup is what you need in the playoffs. So if they can get that, if they can get a performance like they did in this series from Trent Grisham against the Dodgers, that is what will give them the best chance to beat the Dodgers. So let's go okay. the opposite direction. All the right. Dodgers will win if. The Dodgers will win if they continue to do what they have done all season to the Padres. The Dodgers <laughs> are 14-5 and five against the Padres this season. They outscored the Padres 109-47. to 47. So... If the Dodgers pitching shows up, which they will be well-rested, and they're going to get their one, two, three best guys right out there, um, and the bats do what they've done, the Dodgers are going to be just fine. Yep. They're going to be just fine. They just they just got to do what they did all season to the Padres. You heard it here first from Alex. The and Dodgers will win if they continue to be the Padres' Padre. <laughs> Nice. That's what you should okay. be going with. I did, I did. <laughs> um, mine. The Dodgers will win if their pitchers continue to prove that they are as good as they were in the regular season. Now, the reason I say this is they need to prove that that's how good they are. I have my, my one concern 
with this Dodgers team is they're pitching in the playoffs. Yeah. Who is the guy to turn to in the bullpen? Who is your number one? I mean, they're going to go probably Urias in game one, maybe. Or like, who, who's the guy? So they have guys. They have Urias. They have Kershaw. They have Gonsolin. They have Anderson. But coming into this year, had you said that the Dodgers guys in the playoffs are going to be Tony Gonsolin and, and Tyler Anderson, it's like, okay. But now they have the year that they had, and you realize, okay, these guys, these guys are studs. But October is a different ball game. Can those guys do it in the playoffs? I'm not saying the answer is no, but for the for the Dodgers to win this series and to win a World Series, they need to prove that these pitchers are as good in the playoffs as they were in the regular season. You got to have faith. I got the faith. Wow. Beautiful. Good about it. Beautiful rendition. Beautiful Thank enough you. to move on <laughs> to another conversation. Fine. Let's okay. move on to the other National League series. Yep. Phillies Braves, another divisional matchup here. Yeah. Another divisional clash. We're getting two in the NLDS. Mm -hmm. So we'll go Phillies first. Okay. Alex, the Phillies will beat the Braves if. If Bryce Harper plays like MVP Bryce Harper. We know he's capable of doing it. It it took him a bit to kind of get back in the groove after coming off the IL this season. Um, but we saw it here in the wild card series. He came through with a big hit when they needed it. He has that big energy in the dugout, in the lineup. So if he can continue to just be that guy and, and be that powerhouse, I feel like he can carry him through. Yeah, I like that. Mine, the Phillies will beat the Braves if they can slow down the Braves' bats with hmm. pitchers other than Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. Hmm. We know those guys are good. Okay. But you're going to need more. You're not going to have one of those guys throwing in game one. Maybe game two. Zach Wheeler perhaps would be game two is my guess. And then game three, you'll get Nola. But this is a five-game series now. You're going to have to have more pitching. And that's where the Phillies' struggles come. And their bullpen and with the depth in their rotation. Nola and Wheeler are perhaps the most underrated one-two punch in the game of baseball. They can do what they do best. But when they are not on the mound, will they be able to slow down the infuego bats of the Atlanta Braves? That's going to be a key. And if they can, they can beat the Braves. Okay. Um, on the Braves side of things. Yeah. Alex, I ask you, the Braves will win if... Ronald Acuna Jr. plays like an all-star. Now, we all saw that he was struggling to get back to his all-star normal self in the latter part of the regular season. But that entire team all came together and clicked and got hot at the perfect time, taking down the Mets, taking the division, getting that by. The champs looked like the champs that last week of the season. And that is dangerous for every team out there. So if Ronald Acuna Jr. finally gets to his full potential and that team is at its 
full potential, they're going to be very dangerous. Ronald Acuna is a superstar coming off of a yeah. very bad injury. Mm -hmm. Superstars rise to the top when when needed the most. Yeah. And now it's playoff time. It's kind of like a he was feeling it out in the regular season, and now yeah. I think we're going to see Acuna show up on the biggest stage. I hope uh, so. Mine, the Braves will win if the offense just doesn't go ice cold. The Braves are the better team here. Mm -hmm. And since June 1st, the Braves have been the best team in all of baseball. There is no better team since June 1st in all of baseball than the Atlanta Braves. They are very good. They got that first round by, meaning they'll have the benefit of setting their rotation up how they want and not having to run into Zach Wheeler or Aaron Nola in game one. It's time for the Braves to go in the playoffs. And as long as their bats don't go ice cold, the Braves will win the series. Champs are looking like the champs. All right, so let's look at let's look at the bracket again. That's the National League side. Atlanta Braves, the two seed, hosting the six seed, five-game series, 2-2-1. Two, two, two in Atlanta, two in Philly, one back in Atlanta. Then on the other the other National League side, Dodgers, the one seed, hosting the Padres, the five seed. 2-2-1 two, two, is always, always interesting because if you can walk away with one win as the away team, one win in those first two games, the momentum shifts all to you. So that's on the National League side. On the American League side, which we're going to get to now, Cleveland Guardians, New York Yankees, and Houston Astros, Seattle Mariners. Alex, let's start with the Guardians <sighs> and the Yankees. What an interesting matchup. Which is, is crazy. I, I didn't pick this. You didn't pick this. Most, most people most did. Most people didn't pick I'll, this. I'll get, shamed for, I'll get shamed for not picking it, but nobody. Oh, I already it. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, already yeah. Got, I got shamed for all this. Yeah. <laughs> so, Guardians, Yankees. Alex, I ask you. Yeah. The Guardians will beat the New York Yankees if? If the young guys... Keep playing with no fear. I talked about this yesterday. When you have 17 players making their major league debut on a team, no one fully understands the pressure. You haven't felt this before. You haven't been here before. You don't fear the pressure. You are just out there having fun, playing loose. You got nothing to lose because you don't know what you can lose and you don't know what exactly the feeling of getting there and not getting back there again. So it's dangerous when you have a young team playing well and playing with no fear. So if they keep doing that, they got to change. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Chance. A chance, a perhaps. Chance. Uh, mine. The Guardians will beat the New York Yankees if they can hit better than they have hit all year long. <laughs> yeah. This is a long stretch. It is. It's not impossible. It is improbable. And there is a chance that they get it done. They are too young to even know what they are walking into, mm -hmm. which is a benefit to them. But the Yankees are far superior than they are. That is a fact. Um, but it can be done. 
They need to pitch as well as they can. They need to get to Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie as quickly as they can. And they need to hit better than they have all year. This isn't an offensive team. Um, they are towards the bottom half in a lot of offensive rankings. And uh, that doesn't bode well when you're going into New York against the Yankees. It's going to be tough. Playoff baseball in Yankee Playoff Stadium. Playoff baseball in Yankee Stadium As with like 17. As like young guys, your first <laughs> season, your first season in the big leagues, and you are going into Yankee Stadium for playoff baseball. Like, it is going to be mayhem, chaos, the energy. The talking from the fans is going to be. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if they, they're ready for that. Like, the trash talking from Yankees fans. I don't, so, they got a little outfield. glimpse of it earlier in the year. When they were playing in Yankee Stadium. Not a playoff and, game. And, but it got really wild. I don't know if you remember this, but Miles Straw um, got into an altercation with fans in center field. And Stephen Kwan was in left field, ran into the wall. And now this is, he said, she said, of what happened next. But there were conversations had with Miles Straw and fans. Miles Straw took offense to what was said, climbed up into onto yeah. the very top of the fence yeah. was yelling face to face with fans and he later after that game said classless worst fan base on the planet after that he walked back to center field and Yankees end up walking off that game and they threw trash at him it got ugly it yeah. got nasty uh it was really really bad so I'm yes it wasn't a playoff game but they got a glimpse of what of, of how rowdy that can be. And it was bad. And guess who's going to be back out there in center field in just a couple days in Yankee Stadium? Times that Miles by, Stroh. like, 100. Yeah. That's what it's going to be it's like gonna out be there. So He's going to need a security guard. Yeah. Like, just even maybe out there it's <laughs> in be the outfield so during warm-ups. It's going to be It's so going to be wild. Um, on the other side of things, Kay. the New York Yankees will win if. If Aaron Judge keeps rolling. Uh, he is as we saw towards the end of the season, making history. He he has this special momentum, this spark going along with him where he can not only inspire the team but carry the team. But it's not just Aaron. The, the entire Yankees team was getting hot after – after they had that hot start to the season, then they dipped down having one of the worst stretches in franchise history and then brought it right back up. They're figuring it out. They're on the rise. If they can keep that going, they're going to be just fine. Mine is similar. Okay. Mine is the New York Yankees will win if Aaron Judge is Aaron Judge. Yeah. That's pretty simple. Aaron Judge is the best offensive player in the game of baseball right now. Obviously, we know how good his year was. There's a big difference in this series, and the biggest – there's a lot of differences in the series. The biggest one is that Aaron Judge does not play for the Cleveland Guardians, and he plays for the New York Yankees. That is going to be the difference in this series, and that is why the Yankees will win the series. As long as Aaron Judge mm -hmm. is Aaron Judge, the New York Yankees will win. How many games do you think it'll go? Put your um, spot there. I think the Guardians get one at home. Okay. Um, I'm going to say it goes, I don't think it gets back to New York. Okay. I'm going to say four. Okay. That's my gut. All right. So guardians and five. Okay. Is well, what's going to happen. No. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? You just said that doesn't make any sense. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I think, I think I'll I don't think it gets back to New York. Okay. Um, all right. One last series. All right. Let's go. Houston Astros 
and the Seattle Mariners. You're saving your favorites for last? Fear the shoe, <laughs> Mojo. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. Uh, I was just testing it. No, um, okay. Mariners, Astros. We'll start with the Mariners. Alex, okay. the Mariners will win if. If they keep the magic alive. They are the team that came into this postseason with that special it factor magic that we were talking about that honestly I thought the Cardinals were coming into the postseason with. But since the Mariners clinched that playoff spot after breaking their playoff drought of 21 years, they have just had that it factor, that spark. Everyone seems to be showing up and getting it done. So if they can keep that going, it's going to be a little dangerous for Houston. Mine is the Seattle Mariners will win. If the rally shoe of 22 magic continues on paper, on a roster, you know where the game of baseball is not played on paper. Mm -hmm. It's played on a field. And when you have some weird voodoo magic with some guy named Ben putting a Birkenstock on top <laughs> of his head and coming back from down seven more runs to win a playoff series, you never know what can happen. The Mariners are a legit team. And I was, I have been talking about this Seattle Mariners team for a long, long time now and how they match up well with anybody in the playoffs. The toughest of that matchup being the Houston Astros. But the Mariners will win if the rally shoe magic continues. You think they travel, Ben, the rally shoe guy? You got to get. Right? You got to do something. You have to get rally shoe Ben yeah. a ticket to every single game. Yeah. And the, they took one Birkenstock into the Hall of Fame. Have him take the other Birkenstock, <laughs> sit in the, the stand with yeah. the shoe on top of his Make head for three hours and try your best to win. Yep. You have to fly him there, right? You ha I would think so. I mean, that was the, they already put a shoe in the Mariners' Hall of Fame. He was doing post-game interviews. Like he's been all over their social media. So I Or do they keep they'll probably do another watch party in Seattle and they'll uh, probably invite him back. Okay. But if you invite him back and it's just a watch party there and you don't fly him to Houston, put a singular seat on the mound and put <laughs> Ben in that seat with a shoe on his head and it. let everybody around him cheer. I love it. Um, all fun. right. The Houston Astros will win if Everyone shows up. They are the better team on paper. They were the best team in the American League all season. They have the pitching. They have the hitting. They have the playoff experience. They've been here before. If they just show up and do their job, they got this. Mine, the Houston Astros will win if the pitching does what they do best. If the pitching staff of the Astros does what they do best, which is pitch better than everybody else, they will win. Now, I will say, the rotations, closer than people think. Really? The 1-2-3 of Seattle, which they don't line up because they already had to play a series, mm -hmm. of Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, is fantastic. Obviously, one, two, three of Houston with Justin, with Framber Valdez, with Lance McCullers, and then there's plenty of other names. 
is great. But the Astros pitching has been the best in baseball all year. The starting staff ERA is the best in the American League, just mere percentage points behind the Los Angeles Dodgers. But you, you, then you move on to the bullpen, where the Astros were by far the best bullpen in the game of baseball. Mariners have a good bullpen, have a good rotation. Astros have a great rotation, the best bullpen in all of baseball. And if they just show up and if they do what they do best, they will win the series. Um, I thought of an interesting point here, though. We, yeah. We've made it through all the series, but interesting point I wanted to talk about because this has been on my mind a lot lately. Okay. The way this format for the next round is set up is is odd, very strange, and the there's supposed to be a big benefit, right? If you have a buy. Yeah. The biggest of those benefits, in my opinion, isn't that you get a rest and you get to set your team up and your rotation up. That's a great benefit. The bigger benefit of having the buy is that you're going to play another team that has had to use their starting pitchers in that first round. Yeah. Okay. But in the American league side of things, not on the national league side, there's an off day between the first and the second game. So you have that day, you have that off day and it allows the other team to bring bring back a guy that they might not have been able to. to Very up. odd. On the National League side that's not the case. You're playing games 1 and 2 back to back. The American League side, those that series game 1 will be in Houston, off day Wednesday, game 2 back in Houston. I I, I don't understand. It's really odd. And it takes away some of the Do benefit. You know why is it a TV programming I, I th my gut says that it's all they're just trying to sort it out for okay. the World Series to get back on track because the schedule of playoffs was thrown off with the delay of the season. Mm -hmm. So I think they're just trying to get the World Series back on a schedule that they want. But this is a big benefit for that's the buy team and you're losing a lot of that benefit. So I look, that's just something that's been on my mind. I don't know what's going to happen. And the, the, the Yankees and the Astros are the better teams, but allowing those teams, allowing the guardians to get Shane Bieber or Tristan McKenzie Huge. back earlier Huge. or, uh, or in a game two and allowing uh, the Mariners to get Luis Castillo and give him another day rest. That is huge. And uh, that'll be a talking point going forward, I think. It is. I want, um, can we get like a Ben Cam watching you watch your brother uh, in, <laughs> in game not, one on, on Tuesday? It doesn't get pretty. I, a couple of years ago, uh, the Astros were playing in Tampa. And I, it was like a game five. It was like game five of the DS. Yeah. And I was back, I was living in Virginia. And I it got to a point in the game where I just got so nervous. I went and sat down in the hallway like I had like a I had like one peek at the TV far away and they got out of that inning I sat in that hallway on the ground in my right outside of my kitchen for three and a half hours you're superstitious because that that's where you were say a word I am going to be a mess um <laughs> when my brother is pitching uh I get so nervous and he was the same way I remember uh, when I was playing professionally, my parents were visiting him one time and they were watching the game on their phone. And Justin said, I get more nervous watching him than I get nervous for myself. And I'm the same way, vice versa, because I can't control what he goes out and does. I just want him yeah. as my brother to do so well. Yeah. I want it with every fiber of my being, but I have nothing to do with it. Yeah. So it's just all him, go do it. And then right, vice versa, same for him. So uh, yeah, I, I'm a wreck.
But uh, this is the best time of the year, for sure. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Yeah. I can't wait uh, for that. And that'll be on Tuesday. And yeah. we are back live on Tuesday. Woo-hoo. Live show following the day. Justin pitches all the game ones. That's going to be a blast of a day. Before we go, quick update on the Flippin' Bats hey. 2022 playoff draft between myself, Alex, and producer Taylor, where we each drafted a team. And for every win, we get a point. Mm-hmm. Producer Taylor with that game on Sunday between both his teams, the Padres and the, who did he have? Padres and the Mets. That's a little off. Padres and the Mets. Uh, Those were his two teams. He gets a point. He goes to five. Uh, I have the the Astros. It's like a mix. It's like the Mets and it's the Astros combined logos right there. (laughs) It's a combined logo. He had the Mets. He got a win because of the Padres. So he sits at five points. I got four points courtesy of the Mariners and the Phillies. And Alex, (sighs) well, she's about to get hot because the Yankees and the Padres are about to take off and her other two teams will be watching. Yankees and the Dodgers. What did I say? Padres. Padres. Yankees and Dodgers. It's not how you start. It's how you finish, and I'm going to finish real strong here, okay? You better because you only have two teams. I am feeling very confident about my two teams. All right. (laughs) Every time Alex starts singing, we are going to leave, and that is what we are going to do right now. Thank you all for listening. This one has been a blast. Round one was so great, and if rounds two and three in the World Series are anything like this, we are in for a treat. Congratulations to the San Diego Padres winning and advancing Make sure you guys uh, subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts, Flippin' Bats Pod, anywhere you listen, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Follow it, subscribe it. It's free to do so. And follow along on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And you can watch every single episode on YouTube as well, at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Alex, that brings a close to the first round. We will be back live on Tuesday with the first game of the next round. This one's been a blast. I hope you all have enjoyed it, and we will see you next time for another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.